Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But searching the shelves for that special overlooked movie will never end. The one that really sticks with you forever. Let's drown ourselves in a sea of streaming services and ask the question, what the fuck is that? Does this hold up? And just what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank Roll. I'm Scott Moran. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> I've realized I'm not a fan of bar food. Like, really. You know what I mean? There's places. There's exceptions. There's places that have good bar food. But for the most part, bar food is like... When you get to North Austin, North Austin Cedar Park bar food? Yeah. God damn, man. Like, can you at least pretend like this didn't come out of a box and straight into a microwave oven or... Like you went to the convenience store next door and microwaved something? Yeah, yeah. Like, or even just like when they attempt to make shit like a fried mushroom, it's like, what the fuck is this mush? Why would you order a fried mushroom at a bar? I don't know. Good bars can get it right and have delicious <laughs> fried mushrooms. I hate mushrooms. So. Oh, it's almost like a it's like a fried mushroom to me is like a good way to test the quality of a kitchen at a bar. By ordering a mushroom, a fried order of fried mushroom. You order a hamburger. No fried pickle. Maybe a hamburger is misleading because almost anybody can nail a good burger. But to make a fried mushroom from scratch and it be a quality fried mushroom, you just don't eat mushrooms, so maybe you don't understand. Well, I'm not eating mushrooms until that's all there is to eat on the space station. Because <laughs> they can grow the fungus easy, easily? Exactly. Yeah. How did we get there? We haven't really begun. We're just rambling. Shit that bothers the fuck out of me. You know what? People who aren't courteous about the right lane. <laughs> okay. You know I'm it turning really right. It really grinds your gears. You know yeah. I'm turning right. You're the only fucking car. Why did you move over to the left lane that's empty? I worked in the service industry so long in my life. My actual thought when I get upset in traffic is, why would you complain about anything you're doing sitting down? That's one way to think about it, Scott. That's the way I feel. <laughs> I don't have to carry anything, so it can take as long as we want. Uh, no. <laughs> It really bothers you a little bit, doesn't it? Common courtesies. <laughs> Common courtesies have left the room. So you didn't watch anything interesting this week? Not shit. I, we were talking about, apparently I finished Burn After Reading. I <laughs> I rewatched half a season of Fleabag, which is just one of my favorite shows ever made. Fleabag? Fleabag is an Amazon series. Phoebe Bridgers. No, wait. Phoebe. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I, I don't know how to put her in context, actually. She was on a show called Crashing, which was a British Netflix series. Fleabag is based on her one-woman show, and it is fucking hilarious and so good. Just a really, really good uh, drama. And I've been trying to watch things again that aren't just science fiction or horror, because I do that constantly. Caught in that loop, horror, sci-fi, horror, sci-fi, found footage. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a genre person. That's what I want. For the most part, but there are things that aren't genre like that that I really enjoy, maybe more than most of that genre shit I watch. Because I finished Resident Alien, and uh, that was my fun little, like, doesn't stress me out, <laughs> nothing show. Yeah. Still Feel science good. fiction. Mm -hmm. uh, been, we've been watching Fringe, but after Kelly went to bed the other night, I was just like, you know, I'm going to jumpstart it by watching something that I kind of wanted to rewatch anyway. That shows six or eight episodes a season, two seasons, that's it. And that was her whole story that she wanted to tell. And it was really, really good. Is she British? Yeah. Brett Gelman is in it also. You looking up who Brett Gelman is? <laughs> just like, I oh, yeah, that dude. But I highly recommend it. It's a short series. It was one of my favorite things as far as Amazon series go. Mm -hmm. It was one of my favorites. And uh, yeah, no one told me about it. I was just like... I read that the writing in that is good. I'll watch it. And then me and Kelly watched it, and I was like, I fucking love this show. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm just feeling, that sounds exciting, and I just feel very boring because I didn't get time to squeeze in anything else. Like I said, we were ah, whatever. shut down. I mean, we did two movies this week, so. And you know how I had to split them up here and there? Yeah, because we recorded the mini right before this. But two movies in a week is pretty good when it comes to television shows. That's my jam, knocking them out. See, when I had like those two weeks off, man, I killed so much, so much. I knock out too many at a time. That's mm -hmm. why I've always had, like, I still watched a bunch of Fringe, still watching Fringe. A little episode here, what do I feel like watching today? Some Julia and Walter. I always have, no. <laughs> <laughs> Some Julia and Walter. 
The other day I woke up, I, uh, I couldn't go to sleep and I was awake at like 6 a.m. I didn't get up. I did end up going back to sleep. But for a split <laughs> second there, I was like, what if I wake up and watch like morning television? Like I watched the Today Show right now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? Well, and what time was it? Six? It was like 6 a.m. So you could start with like Good Morning Austin, go local even. No. <laughs> What's funny is I have no means to do that whatsoever. I could go on Peacock, I guess, and watch live NBC. Look, you never know who's going to be on the local news for having awesome Christmas cards, okay? I don't even have an antenna or anything. There's no way to do it. You don't have a digital antenna? No. Why would I have that? The only time I see commercials is mm -hmm. on YouTube. I have a digital antenna for football. That's it. So I can get Fox, CBS. I don't like sports. Sometimes I'm like, people probably think I'm a 300-pound wearing a Spider-Man, a full-print Spider-Man button-up shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the thing. I'm chunky, and people are like, "You're not fat," and you're I'm not like, fat. <sighs> "You're fatter than you were when I met you, though." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I wish I remembered how much I weighed like freshman year in high school. That would be crazy if I could remember that. Like, there's just it's a blank. Ooh, if I could find like that first driver's license from 16, I could take like 10 pounds off that. I don't know. I was a scrawny little teenager. Yeah. Years later, like you find a pair of kickwear. I tried to put mine on, like I couldn't even get the button like close to the little hole. <laughs> <laughs> the pair that I have, have I ever told you the oh, the remaining kickwear pants that I have, size thirty waist. Actually, they may have been a twenty eight. I wore a twenty eight in high school for sure. It was a twenty eight or thirty, but I mean, I hit thirty two waist like that, and that was like thin. I just you know I'd gotten bigger. I was a thirty one for many years, and it was really hard to find pants. No, because right now they don't fucking make those. Healthy for me is thirty four. I feel like it's my height thing. Like I should not really be a thirty. Well, you were shorter in high school too. I think like I, you had a growth spurt at some point. I think my posture was just that bad. Or, Your posture is still very bad. It is. <laughs> um, I think it's the manual labor jobs, but we won't get into that. I am going to, on the recommendation of one of our Instagram followers, I'm going to get MGM Plus for a little while. I think. Oh, wow. Uh, and I'm going to watch that show, From, which is a, a Jack Bender show, who was a, one of the producers for Lost. Mm -hmm. And it has uh, Marcuccio in it. Oh. He's the main character. I think he's the sheriff of a town. But it's like a town that, no, once you go, you can't leave. Yeah, because these people are driving through and people are just looking at them, right? I love a story that starts like that. Yes, I saw that preview. Oh, that's on MGM Plus? Yeah, but I was waiting for somebody to tell me. Yeah, it's on Epics. Technically, it's an epic show, but okay. MGM Plus is a streaming service How to now, get apparently, it. and that's what it's on. <sighs> but I looked at it, and also it has the War of the Worlds show with, uh, her name is Daisy something. She was in that Where the Crawdads Sing, and she was in Fresh. She's the main the character. -ish. Also, Gabriel Byrne is in it. Oh. The two main characters of the show. Nice. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Hereditary. Oh, that's right. The Bow is Afraid trailer. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> that looks really good. Bo was afraid. I'm happy to see Ari Aster do something else other than grief. And maybe this is about grief, but who knows? It doesn't look like a straight horror movie, and I appreciate it. Did you ever see Revolutionary Road? Yeah, I fucking hate. <laughs> Actually, this is a good segue. Or what about because little, how little many things, how many times has suicide come up in the last like few movies? I feel like not, uh, but some of the big ones recently, including the movie we did today, Cosmopolis. But I think there was like an edge of uh, maybe not suicide so much as like fear of death in white noise. Oh, definitely fear of death. Sorry, I had to zip to white noise and then nix Michael Keaton then go to the right one. I feel like we should talk about white noise a little bit while we talk about this movie. Cosmopolis and white noise are both Don DeLillo books. Same author. Really? That's why I think the dialogue felt like this. Yeah. Just a uh... I will say Cronenberg handled it a lot better. They actually sounded like people sometimes. Whereas White Noise, I was like, no one talks like this. Because I read the book Cosmopolis. Oh, see, I felt, the, I felt in Cosmopolis, I was like, this is, you're losing me. Because I got what they were trying to do, and I was like, I feel like you're not hitting the mark. I think people would say that about the book. Because I read the book for this movie that I am gonna say right now i do not recommend anyone watch this movie. no i wish i don't say it just because it's so trite but i wish i could have the time back on this one 
Really? Honestly. I didn't hate watching it. I wish I could have the time back. And I very much enjoyed reading the book. That's what I was wanted to ask you. And I mean... Well, that was the thing was like... Uh, like Stephen King said once that there are books you read for the words and there are books you read for the story and the one that has both, that one's really special. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there are many Don DeLillo books that you read for the story. And you know, that's what, that's what I'm all about is the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I did enjoy the satirical ranting that went on in this book. I found it interesting. The only part that I enjoyed was the batshit crazy stuff. Yeah, and this one was a little crazier than White Noise to me. Same with the the book. I but I may have enjoyed the movie White Noise significantly more. Uh this movie was definitely a little more erotic. <laughs> the sex scenes were weird. Give us a summary. We'll we'll get into the details. Okay. Watch Scott drink some cum. <laughs> Do you remember that guy's name? Winslow Dumain. Winslow Dumain. Yeah. Shout out to the cum guy. Yeah, I got his piss bottle now, too, for Christmas. Oh, yeah, you've got cum and piss on the same table. Yeah, all I need is <laughs> cremated remains. Oh, no shit? Yeah, okay. he has one more w water bottle. Cre okay, okay. That one has a tea infuser. Not my thing, but... No. Okay. Cosmopolis follows 28-year-old billionaire asset manager Eric Packer in a day-long limousine truck across Manhattan to get a haircut. Which could pretty much be the summary of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> We can stop right there. That's what this movie's about. That's it. The rest of it is just the happenings. The president is in town as well as a celebrity funeral procession. The trip is ill-advised, and throughout the journey, he is warned to turn back multiple times by his bodyguard because of traffic and threat of two separate stalkers. One that wants to kill him, and one that just wants to hit him with a pie. Was that Lemon Meringue? I feel like that's what he said. That movie was so erotic, I wanted it to have, like, jizz in it. Just to make it absurd. <laughs> because there were parts of this movie that were just nuts. They were just like... That's what kept me in there, though. It's what kept me, too. Yeah, It's the only thing that kept me. And, yeah, we'll get... Uh, there's something else I want also, to Also, I had to watch you. it for this. <laughs> it pisses me off that this is on my list for years, and then I finally watched it, and I was like... This was one of the first movies you added to do on the podcast. Yeah. This was... So, t you brought it up for this, but technically it was my request. But then you revived it, but then now I'm in a regret stage. Anyway, <laughs> regret spiral. And I love me some Robert Pattinson. You do with this 2012. Might I have been his so. in. Hopefully. But such a good cast. We'll get there too. Eric is not concerned. Working from his car, Eric takes meetings and makes risky business decisions, resulting in the loss of his wealth and seems to be the cause of the massive protests surging through the city. Throughout the day, he has a doctor's appointment in his car in which he finds out he has an asymmetrical prostate, has sex with two women, and three chance encounters with his new wife, Elise, in which they eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. I didn't put that together. It was the meals. Holy shit. All throughout the day. Thank you. All three encounters she accuses him of cheating, and Eric tries to have sex with her but is rejected. Every time. Every single time. Every time. At dinner, he confesses he has lost much of his money, and she offers to help him get back on his feet, but thinks they should divorce. I didn't realize they were married until like that, the diner midpoint. Really? Really. I thought she was a random that he hit on and she knew his status because of the limo and it was playful. Did not put together that they were married until the diner part. Yeah, I think some things were not made clear. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I knew them was because you'd read the book. I read the book. There you go. Fucking cheater. Um, <laughs> His journey eventually reaches the barber, but before the haircut, he is pied and then kills his bodyguard for no real reason. The barber scolds Eric for coming to that part of town unprotected and gives him a gun. He rides with the limo driver back to the garage where he is shot at by Benno, his stalker. Eric enters the abandoned building to confront Benno. Just the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Because this was very dense. Very dense. Cosmopolis is based on the novel of the same name by Don DeLillo, as I said. It was written and directed by David Cronenberg. The film began production in 2010 and was released in 2012. Colin Farrell was originally cast as Eric, but due to scheduling conflicts for making the awful Total Recall remake, <laughs> really missed the fucking mark there, Colin. Robert Pattinson was cast as Eric Parker. Packer. Eric Packer. Real quick, how the fuck were they going to get Colin Farrell to play a 28-year-old in 2010? That, that's not movie magic. I didn't picture that's him being 28 when I read the book. Yeah. So do you think that was just... It was the prostate exam, man. He's got to be like over 40, right? Mm -hmm. Like around 50. 
Isn't that when you get a prostate exam? I don't know. I've already had two. Uh, they do it earlier and earlier nowadays. Well, no, I had other things going on. They were like, let's check it. And you were like, all right. No. <laughs> I mean, once was a dude, once was a chick. Both times, I just feel like you need to have a session after where you talk to each other. You've experienced something together. <laughs> I feel like it shouldn't just be like, oh, no, we'll get back to you. Da, 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 da. I feel like it should be like, hey, so, Frank, Charles, nice to meet you. Yeah, that was, it was different. <laughs> it was different. I mean, we'll see. Maybe soon, maybe not. Hopefully not too soon. <laughs> Let's call me. <laughs> Let's hope that comes back negative. But, uh, you know, great time. Great time overall. Cosmopolis also stars Sarah Gaddon as Elise Parker, Eric's wife. Packer. Packer. God. If as you would a- watch The Office, you'd think Todd Packer and it would just be in her head. <laughs> Sorry. Paul Giamatti plays Benno. Kevin Durand as Torval, Eric's chief of security. That guy. I like that guy. He's cool. Was he in a... Oh, Smoking Aces. I believe he was. He was one of the crazy also ones with Lost. Chris Pine. He was the uh, crazy... Charles sends him to the island. Oh, wait. No shit. And he's he like, Lost? give me Ben. Yeah, he's like the military guy who shows up on the boat. You can tell I've only watched Lost once. I've watched it too many times. Abdul Eula as Ibrahim, Eric's driver. Juliette Brinoche as Dee Dee Fancher, Eric's art consultant, whom... He has sex with in the limousine. Samantha Morton, precog, as Eric's chief of theory. You didn't react to that. She was in Minority Report. No, I went to Alpha from Whispers, the season where I stopped Walking Dead. And also that movie that she did with Patty Considine, the one where they uh, they were the Irish immigrants coming to America. Oh, yeah. It was early 2000s. I think that's kind of what put both of them on like the American map for film. Well, for me anyway. That's where I was. I originally introduced. just uh, am like, that's the precog from Minority Report every time. Oh, I jump around to so much. She is awesome. No, like, sorry. I honestly feel like I was zoning out staring at a name. I feel like if this movie was made now, uh-huh. her part would have been Leah Sado. Yeah, that would be good. But I, yeah. And it's this movie's 10 years old. This movie is 10 years old. How long have I been talking about watching it? Like, not counting just with you. This has been on my cues for years. Also, Jay Bruchelle was in this movie for like five seconds. And yes. like the worst, what was up with the background in that scene? He felt really out of context. He's the first scene of the movie. So did you get budget numbers on this one? I did not. Okay, well, let's just assume that they did not use any of it in that scene. Because that was the worst. When I saw the, you know, the background going outside the limo as they were, you know, air quotes driving. Did you see how I shitty it looked I did see it looked scene? shitty. Maybe that was a pickup. Like they shot that later to clear up some things? Something. So to me, that's the only explanation that would be reasonable. Otherwise, why the fuck? Because you can tell this movie didn't have a huge budget. It felt weird other than like Cronenberg's into doing everything Canadian. And in Canada, they fucking love that dude. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Jay's in it. In that scene, you've got Jay and Robert Pattinson. I mean, he's Jay's. I mean, who's above him? Paul Giamatti? And, May- and Samantha Morton. So, I mean, like, he's probably like the. Pretty much everybody at this point. Everyone else in the movie is. Other than Elise, Sarah Gaddon. Yeah, that year. But, I mean, I'd still say, like, he was like that funny guy then. He'd already been yeah, that funny sure. guy. Yeah, for sure. He was already, like, uh, on but, Undeclared. And we knew who he was because of Judd Apatow. Yeah, but even if it was just, like, a catch up scene or, like, a fucking redo scene or, like, we're going to do, like, a little filler here. Uh, that was just bad, man. That looked bad. And even if they would have made it look that bad in other places, it would have made it all right. Does that make sense? It was a rough start. It was a rough start. It for was, because when I first put it on, I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into here? Because I'm the one who was pushing for it a long time ago. Then you found a way to tie it into something else. It's cool, though, that we can talk about white noise at the same time. The dialogue is the same. It's that Don DeLillo dialogue. Rapid fire, lots of uh, information and diatribe. Yeah, I, I won't recover those notes that I'd taken for white noise, but in all caps, the first note for white noise was dialogue. I mean, it's just, it's in your face. There is so much conversation. That's what this author does. So if you make, he's not story heavy, mm-hmm. almost ever. He's written bigger books that had more story to them. Underworld, I would say, had more story. White Noise may have had more story than this one. But even people who are fans of him are not necessarily giant fans of this book. Yeah. But it was one I never read. So you wanted to watch the movie. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to read the book. And worth reading. Okay, you read the book. You've watched the film. Did they need to make this film? I don't know. It's weird that this was Cronenberg's first script that he wrote. 
for something mm-hmm. since fucking existence. When was the book released? 2003. Okay. So, like, there are minor differences. It's not, I forgot what the Chinese money was that they were leveraging against in this one, mm-hmm. but it's the yen in the book. And I think just a few years later, China would be more relevant in that. With the contrast of later when they're talking about the bot, because that's Thai money, which is like 2003, 2012, the bot is not worth a lot of money. Yeah, like you could go over there and like get a bunch of shit right. But yeah, the dialogue is crazy. But it's slower in this. In White Noise, they captured Don DeLillo's dialogue, but it doesn't work very well in a movie because people don't talk like that. But in a book, it worked fine for me but i like that kind of satire i don't think kelly liked it (laughs) no um that's what i was asking you like your thoughts on if you thought i mean maybe if it wasn't cronenberg who else could you see doing this well yes uh in your opinion david fincher Hmm. i think if david fincher had made this movie he would have found a way to make this uh it would have had a voiceover it would have had uh, like a, a droney monotone voiceover. See, and again, I'm not going to... I want to stop like knocking things. I would just like to say I just felt things seemed a little sloppy at times. Like, what what do you want me to feel in this? Yeah. Because you want me to get philosophical. You want me to be involved in these like these conversations, the, the dialogues. You I felt know? like the sex scenes were really good, but they were also kind of awkward and weird, which I like because I'm like, that's what sex really looks like. Uh, okay, him with the bodyguard chick? Yeah, that was a personal trainer in the book. Not the... Yeah, he makes more, way more stops in the book. <laughs> and a... so some of those scenes take he place... He has even more sex in a day in the book? No. The most erotic part of the book for uh-huh. me was when he has that... I forgot to say her in the, the cast list, but Emily Hampshire, she's in uh, Schitt's Creek. She was the chief of finance who was on a run when she gets in the limo. Oh, yeah. What was she doing with that water bottle? That was like the most <laughs> erotic thing. But then the prostate exam took a really long time in the movie. And Awkward, in, right? Like, Yeah, and the sound, the noises it was making. Oh, I didn't hear him. I heard him. <laughs> well, I'm like, damn, she's straddling that water bottle awfully hard while he's getting a prostate exam in the limo office. And he uh, says, you're choking it, which was so erotic to me. <laughs> well, but no, the length of that exam and then the looks on the doctor's face. Well, while that hap- that happened in his office or in an office, I believe in the book. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong because the book is also very confusing mm-hmm. because it's a lot of dialogue. But, but he's been over doing it. it the confusion keeps you drawn in for sure it did you're trying to it did because i was trying to figure out what went on but i was so into what everyone was saying back and forth and that scene was my favorite of the whole book because he says actually i sent you the quote oh is that the one you sent me yeah i can't even try to quote it but yes that was he said she was wrists and shin bones and unbalmed lips and he wanted to lick the sweat from her collarbone but she's on a treadmill in the book Like she's running in front of him while they're having that conversation. And I did like the way he was like, now we're going to stay in the car. We're going to do all this shit in the car, including this doctor's appointment. Well, the bodyguard was in the hotel, though. Yeah. But in the movie, uh, I think it's a personal trainer in in the the book. book. Do they get out of the car for that? In the book? He goes to his personal. Like it's literally what I got. The vibe was that. It takes so long. He could have gotten out and walked there. Well, I don't know. I'm not saying like I'm just sitting there like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But like, you know, I'll take a good erotic scene like that. But that one seemed to kind of drag on for a minute. Him and the bodyguard. It seemed a little lengthy. And for not really seeing that she was there before that. Because you You know. You saw a glimpse of her outside the car once. Walking around. Once. Once. It was just once, wasn't it? I liked the diversity of a sexual appetite, and I really liked the way the contrast with the financial advisor, she was unmade up and serious, and he was very attracted to her. And I think a lot of it had to do with, like, my new wife won't fuck me, and I want to fuck her. You know? Mm-hmm. He was real into his wife, regardless of his behavior. Well, so the art one, Juliette Binoche, she, um, did you ever watch High Life? don't know if i did it's like the indie space film with robert pattinson it's got her and oh no i didn't no so she's in that as well and there's also a uh an erotic scene between those two in that movie it's one of them <laughs> it's fucking crazy in highlight is that movie good it's different man 
it's you're different. smiling a lot so like here's the thing it's would, nice to have this as a base for like me being like is that one good yeah okay here's the deal. high life i don't think i'd watch it again and you know you want to talk about budget i feel like they definitely didn't have a ton of money there but that one is see uh, what came out at the same time as that one story at the same time as that one uh prospect came out yeah with uh yeah oh god i forget uh the last of us jesus pedro pascal there we go yeah prospect but that movie was really good and it was super low budget those were both on hulu at the same time mm -hmm. like when they were new okay well so i did watch prospect because i asked you about it and you were like oh yeah yeah check it out so i did it prospect is like a good you know sci-fi a little bit of drama high life is an indie drama sci-fi what the fuck am i watching and the erotic scene between him and Juliet Benoche in High Life, <laughs> let's just, they're kind of going to space to do experiments to save humanity. So, you know, there's breeding involved. That's all I have to say. Cool. I, I would not watch High Life again, but I would recommend you check it out if you're, if you are Knowing interested. Me. Yeah. If, and if you're out there and you're interested in High Life and you've thought about it and you're like, oh, give it a shot. Just try it. I liked High Life so much more than I like Cosmopolis, if we're going to compare those two, just to say it. Um, but yeah. I know, what a bummer. David Cronenberg has the ability to just disappoint me terribly or tickle me to death. Yeah. I'm glad you, you brought up something that jogged my memory. Oh, you kept talking about her, the art person. But yeah, I was like, is that her? And I had to look it up and I was like, oh shit. I like that sex scene. It felt real. And she's like, she's like a, a real woman. Yes. And then the sex scene with the security girl, she had like fake tits, yeah, and uh, fake breasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of his quotes at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to the wife, and this was before I knew it was the wife. Um, you have your mother's breasts, great stand-up tits. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, the dialogue, some of the dialogue I really liked, and um, all of it from the book is there. This okay. was like just like the book it's a faithful adaptation what about this one because i was still trying to feel the tone of the movie towards the beginning and leading up to that one you know the eat breakfast yet i'm hungry for something thick and chewy i was like is this gonna get really fucking weird, weird? yeah like <laughs> i feel like that may be why cronenberg was like i want to do this because so you're thinking that was something directly from the book that line the thick and chewy thing the thick and it, chewy. it is okay see that's gold Oh, some of it is gold. That's gold, because that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, how weird is this going to get? Where's it going to go? And I loved, uh, you need to be inflamed. Mm -hmm. And he says, I need all the meanings of inflamed. Maybe I should have just written that for the summary. I think that's it. It's the key to the whole thing. What about put a stick of gum in your mouth and try not to chew it? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Patton, uh, Packer. Yeah, his dialogue was so fast, but it was slower than it was in White Noise. It was hard to swallow in White, White Noise. White Noise was bang, 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 bang. And it wasn't, it didn't have this off, I mean, it had an offbeat feel, but it didn't have this dark. Cosmopolis had like a dark overtone, like the, a ton of negatives. White Noise had the fear of death. White Noise was the fear of death. This is almost a man commits suicide in all the ways you possibly could. In a day. In a single day. And, and this, that I kind of liked. A, and that is a man who has everything. And in White Noise, it's more of an everyman. I think total the book took me six hours to read. Oh, okay. Over the course of the last like week and a half. Did it have pictures? No, it was just short book. Remember okay. when books were short? They used to be. They used to be 200 pages long. <laughs> we were real into them. And now most of the shit I read is like 800 fucking pages. And uh, you got to adapt to your audience. That's right? why I read fucking nine books at the same time. Is <laughs> I, I, I'm too ADD for that. But this was an ADD person book. It was just put it right in there. <laughs> no. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't give you the reaction you were looking for earlier with Samantha Morton. I really I love her. I wish I could. I should have looked up the name of the one with her and Patty about them coming to America. Because that was one of those that was like, you know, I heard about it. Dude, this is a great movie. You got to check it out. And it was just a quality movie. Well done. Nice, you know, story about people immigrating to America. The trials. You know, everything you gotta go through. She was killing it in that. And yes, the uh minority report. What is she the what is she what are they in that? She's the precog. Precog. Sorry, dude, I was going to Battlestar. Um, anyway. 
<laughs> kind of the same thing. It though. is. It's the. It is this. Oh, well, no, but, but kind of. You know, similar. What were those called? You know what? Last time I tried to think about it, Olympia had to remind me. Why is there a block? Okay, you know what? Clydesdale carabiner. Clydesdale carabiner. Those are two words I couldn't keep in my vocabulary for years. Clydesdale carabiner. Are you trying to do like some mind palace shit? Yes. Clydesdale carabiner. But I liked uh, Sarah Gaddon in this. was pretty good. I like her and stuff. I think she's underutilized. She was in uh, 11, 23, 63, 22, 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. The Stephen King thing on Hulu about the JFK assassination. She 11, 26, 6, 11 something, 63. I read the book. I can't. I can never keep that date in my head. And I know that's when Kennedy was assassinated, but... You you know what I'm talking about. She was also an enemy, which I liked mm-hmm. a lot more than this. Did you see Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, where you he got finds me to his watch twin? It. And yes, yes, I would like to. I would like to go to some sort of festival where that is explained to me better. Yes, I want to know what whoever wrote that. I want them to explain to me what that means. <laughs> Actually, that's a book. Maybe one day I'll read it. Mm. It was called The Double. But that one was a uh, Dennis or Dennis Volville. Volville. Hold on. What are they called, man? I'm not gonna let it go. Not a precog. Not an oracle. Hybrid. That's what it is. Hybrid. <laughs> All right, we're out. But I, but I generally, <laughs> I generally like her and stuff. But she's, uh, she always plays a very terse person. Yes, for the most part. Mm-hmm. That's how she was in this. And was maybe the most terse of everyone. And he didn't get to hit it. He went straight from her to the bodyguard. That's what it was. Well, it he went... went straight from her to the bodyguard and then back to her again for dinner. R- did... So he was with the bodyguard after lunch when the rats, the people run into the cafe and yeah, throw yeah, rats. Yeah, and he's like, wait, wait. Which I did happen. like a lot. That was a cool move, the let it happen. Well, he looks kind of excited. So this is what I've been waiting all day and all of last night to tell you. You know, you can make fun. I have to split up my movies sometimes. That's fine. Tired, you know, just life things. I was I was not tired last night. This fucking movie put me to sleep three fucking times. Three fucking times. And like I'd wake up and do stuff like, oh dude, you're like, why? You're like, you're not tired. This movie put me to three sleep three times right at the one hour mark, which is just about a little like a tad over halfway. Man, it takes a lot for a movie to make me go to I sleep. I didn't even feel like this movie was boring, per se. That's it's just it's like a drone. It just drones into your brain and there were for a long were... time. And then you're like, oh, titties. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. The erotic scenes weren't enough to keep you up all the way. but And then the parts that really started to draw me in. And I was like, wait, this, more promise, more promise, more promise in my eyes. And then uh, just something else. Just something else that deflated me. And of all things, the barber. The barber deflated you? A little bit. Or that half a haircut. I love the half a haircut. I like the half I a haircut. I love that because... I didn't catch that in the book that he left in the middle of the haircut and he was like, you can finish it later. I didn't... Well, I didn't catch that it looked that fucked up. Well, did you catch in the movie from the beginning how he was obviously fucking it up, the barber? I thought maybe they, they were just like, just cut it. Like, when, Well, when he started doing the little blending in the front, I was like, he's totally just whacking that shit. And I don't then think I that like, guy knew how to cut hair and they were like, just lob a bunch of hair off him. <laughs> Well, not like that, because I mean, that as well, but you knew that it was supposed to be intentional for the character, like uh, this fucking senile old fuck that used to cut his dad's hair. Barbershop probably hasn't been open for years, but he's going to cut uh, Eric's hair. I thought it was open. It was just not open anymore. My understanding in the book as well was that he'd been going to that barber since he was a poor kid. But then the, in the movie, it insinuates that the father had money and power. Well, the father it? died when he was four. They said that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Raised by Wolves, that was what Jay Bruchel was talking about when they started this company or whatever. And you were like, wait, Jay Bruchel is not his business partner <laughs> and his equal. But the way that the barber spoke of the father, didn't you think that he spoke of the father as if he was a successful, powerful man? I think he had a reverence for him in a different sort of powerful way. Mm-hmm. See, I interpreted it a different way. And I'm fine either way, just because I really didn't... I was. Whatever at that point. <laughs> I was like, like, let's keep it going. I also liked the uh, where do the limousines go at night? And he kept wondering about it all. Like in the book, he knew which limousine was his on site. 
Mm-hmm. But in that big line in the beginning of it, he was like, show me which one's my car. <laughs> All the shit he was thinking of that was just like, what else? My impulse is taking me. Well, I mean, and that's obviously from the book, right? Were the limousines explained in the same fashion in the book? Exactly. Okay, so I love that sense of... Everything there's... about the book is in this movie. It's a perfect adaptation, I would say. It just doesn't exist as well as a movie as it does a book. Well, I think that's one of the biggest things I pick at, the follow-through. So, like, this book was an interesting read. Like, it was... For sure. So, and I love that part. The limos, it shows you the elitists from everybody else. Yeah. It's a status thing. Like, that kind of shit is great. And there's there's so many. And that people around the city know when they look at that, like, oh, that's one of them. Yeah, and he talked about that, too, with... uh, When she's like, you bought a fighter jet. Yeah. And it was like, he was like, yeah, it's broken. No one can find the parts for it. He spent millions of dollars on this. And he's like, I go there sometimes. And she's like, and do what? (laughs) I just look at it. Or the way he talks about what, I mean, the things in his apartment, a gun range, a, he wants to put in something else. He wanted to fit that cathedral in his apartment. I can make room. He lived at the top of a giant building. And he's talking about buying a cathedral and fitting it in his apartment. Yeah, he's like, they don't want to sell the, she's like, they don't want to sell the church. And he's like, everything is for sale. <laughs> he doesn't understand why he can't have that. Hey, when he shot, bouncing around a little bit, but when he shot the main bodyguard, Smoking Aces, um, <laughs> that guy's picture from Smoking Aces was my gamer pick on Xbox Live for years. That guy's teeth, they fascinate me. <laughs> I almost wonder if they all got knocked out and he got them replaced at some point or something like that. I like that guy, man. He can't make a bad choice because he, he'll always be that type of guy in a Legion. Movie. that was one of my first blu-ray movies i think love it maybe i'll put that on to go to sleep tonight. you know what my first blu-ray movie was huh southland tales (laughs) which one day we may have to watch and discuss we've talked about it it was on streaming for years and now it seems to have disappeared from the i'd like it to pop up on streaming in case anyone's like oh right i feel like it lived on amazon well between amazon and netflix forever like those whole first, the whole first decade of streaming, it was just there. And now we talk about it and it's like, you have to pay to rent it. We should do a series Amazon. of three episodes called what the fuck Richard Kelly. And just go through all three of his movies. Did you watch the box with uh, Cyclops? Yes. Yeah. I like that. You just call him Cyclops. I'm sorry. You can't turn it off. I'm a fan of that guy. Should I call him Westworld? No. <laughs> Let's stick with Cyclops. Bingo. You'll always be Scott Summers to me. Driving the up. worst X-Men. <laughs> That's why they gave you the RX-8 that Wolverine stole. Didn't, wasn't like Backstreet or Sync on the CD player on that when they turned it on? Am I making that up? I have no idea what you're talking about, and I am a nerd. One of the movies, they steal the car, and it's like a Mazda R8. Like They tried to bring back the R7 a couple years ago. RX-7. So it's the RX-8. Sorry. It, it could have been. I just didn't recognize the Backstreet Boys song. God, I've been such. I always say, like, if I got, like, super rich, I wouldn't buy, like, a, a like a $300,000 car. Anyway. The if Ma- I got super rich, I'd buy a limousine. Because... <laughs> and put a urinal that comes out from under the seat. I thought he was just pissing on the floor. Like it was a, a, a door. I thought it was like a trap door. And it just slid open and he was pissing on the street. That would have been good, too. I didn't see anything on. I thought he had hit bottom because that was like right uh, after the divorce conversation he's just pissing his fucking car now paul giamani section mm-hmm. the end the last almost third of the movie last quarter it was somewhere between the 30 35 mark down to five minutes okay so that was maybe the best part of the movie as far as like coherence goes to like the the overall theme coming back but it felt like a completely different movie. Yeah, I expected a, something a little different for that because we got there. I expect a little bit more from the barbershop scene, actually. Um, See, something you get in the book that you don't get in the movie is I saw Paul Giamatti at the ATM mm-hmm. when he spots him earlier, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even look at him or anything like that. But in the book, you get a little bit of first-person narrative from that guy's point of view throughout mm-hmm. the book. And you don't get that he's following him, but he's kind of like homeless man ranting. Yeah, because it's <laughs> it is it's a little it's a little out there. It's a, you know he's not he's out of sorts. But when I saw Paul Giamatti in the background of a shot, I was like, 
Oh, he's that guy. Kiefer Sutherland in phone booth. Same shit. Different day. Yeah, except we didn't hear his voice first, and then we're but like, you can see it's the plant. You can't plant the bigger name or the bigger voice. We know it's coming. It's like certain movies back when they used to hide it. Did they show Dennis Hopper in Speed early, or early? was it way later? Oh, they showed him way early oh, in okay. the first all one because right, right. he takes the woman hostage or somebody hostage. Oh, the first one is Jeff Daniels hostage. Well, no, it's a woman to Jeff Daniels. That's when Keanu shoots him in the knee, in the leg, whatever. Pop quiz hot shot. You know too much about <laughs> speed. Keep your ass behind the yellow line, Ortiz. Not my favorite Keanu. <sighs> okay. I guess. That replicants, though. That was a fucking... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not even going to get you started on Knock Knock again, either. I, I thought he might shoot himself in that last scene. The gun went to the lips. I was a little unclear at the end of the book whether he shot himself or he was shot. And so the movie did no clarification. No, but at the end of the book, he dies. He does. Which is weird because it's in first person. And he realizes he's dead. And I was like, I liked this book, but they could have cut it right cheap there. Right? Writer shit. Yeah. Like, we're, you're, you're like, oh, no, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. It's like when Albert Brooks was in Defending Your Life. <laughs> not, not at all. I kind of like that movie, though. <laughs> it was good. Was that Meryl Streep? No, that's that's not a comparison whatsoever. I just wanted to throw some. And also, was it in Sink or Backstreet Boys in the RX-8 with Wolverine and the crew? Let us know. Tell us in the comments. They don't have those. but uh, Because it definitely wasn't Drops of Jupiter by Train. Oh, yeah. I uh, I did leave part of that in the last episode. And uh, what song did it end up being in Everything Everywhere All at Once that you heard lyrics in the it, dialogue? It was like a, the same kind of fucking song as Train, the Drops of Jupiter song. It was like a, the same kind of, you know, early, late 90s, early Dawson's 2000s. Dawson's Creek shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainstream poppy alt rock. No, no, no. I forget the name of the group who it actually was, but I caught it. It was somebody. I was actually worried when I was outlining this that we would even be able to talk for... Any amount of time about this movie. Well, you know, I'm good at filler. Do you need an explanation for anything? You read the book, but I can explain something that you didn't get in the movie. Oh, no, I got it. So, Do you need any explanations that wasn't clear because of it? That interests me as far as adaptations go. When I read a book and then I come into it, sometimes the movie is for me because I have more information already. Well, let me ask you this. I noticed in the outline, you know, you, you put, but before the haircut... He is pied and then kills his bodyguard for no real reason. Do you think he killed the bodyguard because he's like, you let that fucking guy pie me? I don't think so. You don't think so? I think he just, I think he's setting himself free. I didn't have a heavy feeling that that's what it was for, but I was trying to rationalize if it was just a random act in the moment, you know, heat of the moment, random act. I think so. Or was it? I think some of it might have been motivated by like, you've been up my ass all day about how there's this threat. threat. And then you let a guy fucking hit me with a pie. So fuck your life. So maybe a little bit. I mean, people are more complicated than just total chaos. But then at the same time, like I liked in the end where the theme came back around, where it was all about symmetry. And I think he was sort of afraid to die because he was concerned about Wait, his- Wait, are we back to the prostate? Yeah, his asymmetrical <laughs> prostate. And then he's like, I have one of those too, but you're like 28 years old. It's just variation. And that's what you didn't take into account. I love how he just tells the wife like randomly in conversation. Was it the wife? <laughs> Her fucking reaction was like. <laughs> like where the fuck did that come from? I loved it. Um, there were things I'll remember forever about this. I mm -hmm. don't know how much of that is reinforced by the fact that I did like the book. It just didn't get as Fight Club as I wanted it to be, despite the fact that it went all the way there. But I do like that. I think Cronenberg had the sense to cut it right there. You need to cut it. Instead of him just dying. I don't know. After Crimes of the Future. This is not as good. No. Because what year was, was it 2020, 21, something like that? 2022, I believe. And uh, this was 2012. So this was also right around like Occupy. I feel like somebody was trying to make something happen with this film. You know, even the way, like, if you look at it, like, on most things, they use that picture that's, like, Pattinson, Cronenberg. And it's like, I hear it in that voice, because I feel like that's how you're pitching it to me. Robert Pattinson. Well, I feel like when it premiered at Cannes, it 
got really good reviews because I looked through the reviews. I just didn't grab any of them because I mean, is that people grasping for something spectacular? I it was like pretense. It's just a bunch of pretentious shit. Like, oh, uh, what it says. Well, and that's the thing. I... It was all things you could praise the book for, but not necessarily Cronenberg for capturing it. No. And uh, then the reviews got bad when it hit the public. And then I think it was like a Hollywood Reporter review I read. It nailed it. I should have grabbed that one. He was like, this may draw an audience that are fans of Robert Pattinson, but ultimately it's still going to leave you unfulfilled. Well, and there's still this whole thing. You give me a story about an elite yuppie in the city, you know where my heart lies. Yeah, the only reason I could relate to him was he wanted to burn it down because he needed... He wanted to burn it down in one day for his own selfish reasons. Yeah, I, I can get down with that. That's a lot different than Patrick Bateman. That's what I was referencing. So, oh, you wanted, like, Patrick Bateman. No, I didn't want it. I'm just saying, you know, you want to talk about parallels. An elitist in New York burning it down and having the meltdown coming to a T. Yeah, he does it completely selfishly. Yeah, and even even Bateman, though, like... I think he also thought... I don't think Patrick Bateman has any correlation to this guy because Patrick Bateman's just a nut who no, wants I'm to kill No, I'm just saying people. as a generalization. You could maybe... Put you this to give me... Tyler Durden, but it it isn't it doesn't have the we come from the bottom feeling. So this is just an elitist asshole going into a spiral for his own selfish gain. I think that he very much believes that he will be saved at the last moment. Look, there's a point after he shoots the bodyguard, he throws the gun over the fence at the kids. Do you think there was any was that implying like frame them or just like here's the gun or just that's where he threw it? I think that's just where he threw it. Okay. No, and that's the thing. I know we're not supposed to like this. I never liked this guy, but I didn't care about And I know you don't need to like the character to really feel the story, to absorb the story. I liked him a little bit, but I got him in the book. I didn't care about this guy. Well, yeah. You're but... not supposed to, though. I liked him as well, so, no, in so much that, that he's a character. This character caused me to not care. Like, I just didn't care. Like I said, I went to sleep three fucking times when I wasn't tired. At about the halfway point in this movie. Uh, that's, that's a lot for me. You know how I can tell you where Paul Giamatti came in? Because, yeah, I struggled with finding where I needed to start it to finish it. And I almost didn't finish and came in here and be like, I promise I'll never do this again. But I couldn't. Yeah, the most interesting <laughs> the most interesting people in the movie were the sub characters towards the beginning. And those dried up pretty quick and mm -hmm. then became a different kind of sub character with the old men towards the end. See Samantha Morton's scene? I almost had a philosophical moment that was out of SLC Punk. You know what I mean? Something about the Samantha Morton interaction brought me back to some of the dialogue, the style of dialogue from SLC Punk. The pace, the... Well, I think she handled it really well. I don't think that Sarah Gaddon handled the dialogue mm -hmm. the way she did, or uh, really anyone who worked for him, other than... Jay Bruchel. Okay, well, so you've talked about pie before. You know how, like, pie goes sometimes where it's, like, fast-paced, you know, fucking, like, and it's just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. That was fucking cool. That grasped me. Yes. That was intense. You know, pie. You're like, God, my fucking brain yeah, is scrambling. Yeah, but White Noise did that, and I also don't think that worked great. No, see, White Noise, yeah, it was also going, but it didn't hit me. It didn't have that thump. I think White Noise went on for too long. You like know, yeah, that. and I'm not even trying to put, I'm just thinking of, like, different examples for each one of these, you know, parts of the movie that I'm bringing up. I was looking for something like that pie that, or I felt like that's what we were supposed to, but not, we, that's, I'm confused. I guess I'm a little confused, too. I didn't know what to feel about this. It lost me a couple times, but a couple times I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Loved the randomness that was here and there. It had some good stuff, and it shouldn't have been... I can't even with this one say this should be shorter because I don't think that would improve this movie. Yeah. No. And I mean, there were just uh, an attempt was made. Elise was almost too sweet, but I loved it. And then to find out that she like had more money from her, like with her family than he would ever have. Oh, yeah. She's old money. Yeah. I thought the that was punctuated by like she's a poet because I always think about that with like, you know, you hear about like Sylvia Plath and you're mm -hmm. like, that shit's dark. Yeah, but. That's old money, never had to do shit. Your hands are soft. Or poet. when he calls her out for hanging out in the bookshop, what does he call her? Trendy or I forget what term. She was just trying to have a listless, directionless <laughs> day. And she went to some random theater production that she just wandered into and then left halfway through. 
But yeah, I this was a miss, hard miss. We haven't had a miss in a while, though. Yeah, I think. no. And we, it just sucks. Mostly movies. Uh, do you think it would have been better with Colin Farrell? No. You don't think he would have given it a little more oomph? Do you know how like Mark Wahlberg has the face? Like I don't know. Frank or... is just like mouth breathing. <laughs> yeah, the happening face. Mark Wahlberg is yeah. the happening face that pops you... up in movies yeah. from time to time. Like he's trying to work it out, but he just doesn't have the brain power. There's to some do it. confusion, but there's some thought. You, it's just kind of a lost face. It's the trees. Colin Farrell does this thing. It's I guess his panic one. Uh, like when he starts to panic and gets real. Uh, he does I, that in Seven Psychopaths a few times. Well, so in, I, to great effect. I would have liked to have seen. I guess I would have liked to have seen Colin Farrell losing his shit as Eric Packer. You know, but did he ever really lose his shit? No. And so, see, I feel like Colin Farrell might have taken it there because this was pre-Killing of a Sacred Deer. The way that he portrays that role, fuck. It would have fit in this movie well, but I think. would he have had that in him in 2010? Don't know. Because I feel like that was a, div- a real step for him. I mean, back then he did fucking total recall. <laughs> Certain things. The movie Hollywood... that didn't need to be remade. Yeah, leave it alone. That was a, wasn't that the same fucking year they made RoboCop again? Oh, RoboCop may have been a little bit later. Maybe. Still though. Yeah, there was that thing there for a minute. Don't remake Verhoven. Back to White Noise a little bit. I liked White Noise better than Cosmopolis. I did, and I didn't really like either of them. Yeah, because and again, it's to miss the mark. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there that I like, but that's the thing is. There's not a lot of story to really either of these casts. things. I love the casts in both of them. Yeah, and they do a fantastic job in both of them. This movie is an anomaly, much like White Noise, where it's just I've I and maybe it's just I I've wanted to watch this for years. Finally watched it and I was upset. I'm sad for you. I'm sad for me. But next it. week we're gonna watch Duel again. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Which we watched before Everything Everywhere All at Once. And uh we talked about it for an hour and didn't record it. Wow. So we were waiting a while. I needed to let it slip from my mind. We did not record a great episode <laughs> about Duel. <laughs> that was it was a really good one. Man, this this guy from Texas is killing it. He's doing a great job. He's my favorite young director. Yeah. Sure. I can't wait to see like he's I haven't wanted to see what comes next from anyone in a long time. God, it's gonna be so good. Are you gonna really rewatch it? Oh fuck yeah, I am. Well, I don't know, man. I didn't eat dinner again. I'm hungry for something thick and chewy. Thanks everyone for joining us for the Last Video Store Clerks podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and subscribe. You can find us on Twitter at Last Clerks, Instagram at the Last Video Store Clerks, and you can find Scott at dispatchesfromthepit.com.